Maybe you're sort of tired of eating the same old thing day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different, something delicious, something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other cereal you've ever tried. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of... Magic dough. Tomorrow morning, ask your mother to let you have a... Magic dough. You'll really like the taste of. Ask her for the big, husky... Magic dough. For wide-awake fellows and girls who not only star things, but who see them through. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have... Magic dough. Too. For most any fellow's or girl's mother wants to see them eat a big bowl of a nourishing... Magic dough. Every morning. Remind your mother to always look for the famous seal of acceptance of... The Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Whenever she buys... Magic dough. Buy... Magic dough. The best breakfast food in the land. This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, beautiful. Holy caffeine! It's the world's greatest super friends. Ronnie and Aaron. Faster than a streak of lightning. A DC Comics podcast. Absolute. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah, sure, why not? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Batman. He's a hipster. The Flash World's fastest human. I mean, I grew up with Wally West. Think about the future. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Dude, you're a dumbass. You are foolish. Ooh. DC Absolute. Hell yeah. It's a rebirth anniversary. <laughs> That's right. I guess. In a, in a manner of speaking, <laughs> I mean we're a little we're a little late because we took some time off in the summer, but it's you know just a little past a year into rebirth, mm-hmm. and um, there's been some good, there's been some great, there's been some really terrible, and there's been some average, I think. I can go with that. Um, if you could pick your favorite three books. In all of Rebirth, not just what's happening currently. What do you think they would be? Or not what do you think? And I'm asking what you think they would be, because I'm going to tell you the correct answer. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, first and foremost, it would have to be Deathstroke. Absolutely correct. That is number one. Uh, for me, just because, like we've said, at least 26,000 episodes, <laughs> that... um. It wasn't one that we were looking forward to, and then it just blew everything away. Yeah, totally came out of nowhere. And I, I think that's all on Christopher Priest. You know, I mean, he he's a very solid writer. Yep. And he okay. manages to take, you know, like you said, a character that we were just like, eh, Deathstroke series, and make it into, holy crap, this is amazing, I have to read this immediately every week it comes out. Yep. Um... Man, because the next two, I think, I had issues with at the beginning. Okay. Or I liked at the beginning, and then it, like, tailed off. Okay. Because it's like a, a tie, actually. Because Superman started off strong and then tailed off for me. You know what? I think I, I agree with you. Superman was definitely one of the best, but the last arc has kind of been lacking. 
Yeah. But I think it's also because there was a creative change that there were fill-in people for like six issues and that the regular guys are going to be back, I want to say with 33. Mm-hmm. So it's it's soon that they'll be back and, and I have very high hopes that it picks back up. But it, did you think it was weird that Superman would have a whole story with Sinestro when yeah. Sinestro really hasn't been in Rebirth because he's been dead? Yeah. And, like, the way they bring him back is in Superman and not in a Green Lantern's book. Yeah. But, like we talked about, too, I thought it was weird, so I'm not arguing with you. Right. But, like, when we were talking about how Jordan and the Green Lanterns, and then he went away because he was the initial part of that book at the start, that he just needed to be on the shelf more in that book. And that that was a good move for that, so they can explore the other characters. But bringing him back here was weird, but also didn't feel oversaturated because he wasn't in a Green Lantern's book, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. I, I think part of the reason also why I don't think I liked it so much was um, I, I've been reading the Injustice books, mm-hmm. and Superman was a Yellow Lantern for a long while in mm-hmm. Injustice. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, for for me, because I read a lot, it didn't feel like, oh, cool, Superman, you know, with parallax and, and whatever happening. It was just kind of like, nah, I've seen this already, and this is not done as well as the last time. If that makes sense. Yep, that makes plenty. Yeah. And my, my 2A would have to be Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Or 2B, rather, I guess. So, I agree. So when... I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat and give you four books in Uh-oh. the top three. Oh my goodness! What <laughs> What's your fourth book in the top three? Um, one that you don't like. Oh my goodness! It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's not good. And see, and that and that's on the retrospect, um, on the opposite side of what Superman was, and I'm talking about Batman. Yep. That that for me it didn't start off good. Nope. Started off great. But then. It's really hit its stride, I think. And I'm and I'm digging the whole jokes and riddles arc a lot more than I did, you know, the Gotham and Gotham Girl arc. See, okay, I'll address these in order. Aquaman okay. mm-hmm. started off as the absolute worst piece of garbage ever. But after issue, like, four, for me, it's become one of my favorites. Definitely. Like, I mean, right now, the whole storyline where, you know, Arthur's been deposed as the king of Atlantis and he's kind of hiding out and, you know, everything else is, you know, Mira's on the surface trying to get back into Atlantis and they've used the dark magic to the Wall of Thorns or whatever it's called. Right. You know, like, everything that's going on as soon as they took, you know, the silliness of having Black Manta be, like, horrible for four issues, and it turned more into, uh, like, the government of the world and Atlantis trying to get along, and then it's, you know, Atlantean political intrigue stuff, that book really took off. And, and the art right now is among the best that I think DC is doing. Or putting out. 
Cause see, Aquaman for me, it was like Deathstroke. It's where I went into it not expecting to like it, but excited because I haven't read a lot of Aquaman stuff. Right. And then it's just been constantly good for me. Like, I, I understand, like, the issues that you guys had with Black Mana and all that, but I found it intriguing, I guess. I like that side that was coming out, like, a ruthless aggression right. part. <clears throat> but I, I can see what, I can see when it started turning more political and stuff where you would like it more. Yeah, I mean, it's weird with Aquaman. When, when Aquaman's books are good, they're like spectacular. But when they're not, I mean, there's like there's no middle ground. It's either really terrible or it's really great. And that, I mean, it's for me, it's been like that since I was a kid. Okay. Where where there will be a run of Aquaman, that's just like wow, this is the greatest stuff I'm reading. <laughs> and then for like two years, it's just. Whoever's on the book just doesn't, for me, doesn't connect me to the characters, mm-hmm. and it just like completely ruins it all. And and when Rebirth started, because at the end of New Fifty Two, Aquaman was not that good. There there were a lot of problems. It started off great, and then I, I know one of your favorite writers took over, and it kind of went kind of went nowhere. Um, but. You know, so I, I went into it hoping it would be better. And the first couple issues, I was just like, wow, this is this is just going to be another of those stories that I'm just like, well, dropping this. But I stuck it out because you kept telling me, no, it's awesome. You're wrong. And yeah, no, it's now it's pretty awesome. Yep. Um, I don't remember what they said the other book was. Superman? Was Batman. Batman. Yeah. Batman. I I liked it way more at the beginning. I, I thought the concept of Gotham and Gotham Girl, mm-hmm. even though their their names were kind of silly, mm-hmm. I liked the idea behind it. And there's never really been a superhero, you know, like a powered superhero in Gotham before. And it made it kind of interesting to see what would happen. You know, because it's, it's like a totally different look than what Batman would do because you have these people with super strength and they can fly and they can do all this other stuff. Right. But, you know, it kind of ended sort of with a whimper when Gotham died and Gotham Girl went insane and you're just like, well, that sort of sucks. I was hoping this would go on <laughs> a little bit longer than whatever it was, six, seven issues. But that's the beauty of it, though. Now... She is insane. Yeah. And those threads could be picked back up later. Right, but I mean... Because with, with her going insane made that arc ten times better. Oh, no, no, no. I, I agree with that. Not. But I, I wish that it went longer before it did that. Okay. Um, and, and my only complaint with her being insane is, does every person in a Batman book have to be insane? Well, I mean, it is Gotham. I understand that, but <laughs> like maybe give us a little bit of a different look. I mean, all of the bad guys are insane. Well, yeah. The well, arguments can be made that Bruce Wayne is completely insane. Yeah. Well, to me, she's like the opposite of Duke, right? Because Duke is or she's interesting. 
Well, I'm just saying, like he's pretty he's pretty squeaky clean, character wise, right? Like he had a good family, and you yeah. know until this and that went, until his parents went insane. Well, right, but I'm just <laughs> saying his his upbringing wasn't yeah. like Dick's or Damien's or right. Jason's, yeah. right? Yeah, he actually had a family. Yeah, and so like I don't know, like that's why he's something different, which. He's not one of my favorite characters, but as to where her, she's like completely batshit crazy, no pun intended. <laughs> and, you know, he's trying to help her out because, honestly, he sees a lot of himself into her craziness. Right. I think. So where where did this series, like, start trailing off for you? Where it started trailing off for me was what seemed like the 47 issues with Bane. Really? I mean, it, it was probably, I don't remember how long the arc was, maybe about 10, 12 issues with the whole mm. thing. Mm. But I don't like Bane. I've never really liked Bane as a character. Mm-hmm. And like this version of him where he's, you know, hanging out naked in a warehouse, you know, just being him, you know, himself. Uh-huh. It, it didn't do anything to really draw me in. And when that was happening, like this, the books, they kind of dragged for me that it, it was more, you know, with, with some of the comics that you read it and, you know, you sit down to read the book and next thing you know, you're done with the book and you're just like, wow, like this, it was action packed. It flew by. It was fun. You know, I kind of lost myself in the story and I didn't realize that I was finished with it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those issues just really, they dragged for me, and that mm-hmm. it started to become more of a chore to read through them than it was fun. Okay. And it, it did pick up, I'm trying to think, there there were a couple issues again that I really liked, maybe it was the two that um, uh, Gerard did. Okay. But then after that, again, it just, you know, like the jokes and riddles, it's not bad. It's it's better than it was in the middle of the, the run so far for me. But it's it's not doing anything to really excite me about any of the characters. All right. I can see that. I guess, I guess the reason why I'm high on it, I mean, besides it being good for me, another one is like a lot of the... B and C list villains are coming out and getting revised, but, right? Like, like, like with like with the Bane thing, you know, you had Catwoman obviously because you know she's not a B or C list character or D or E even, but right. then you then you had um, whatever their name was, the the Joker or the Jesters, right? right? I can't think of their name off the top of my head. I'm spacing on it too. Um, Judy, right? No, I don't know. Punch and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then you had Tweedledee and Tweedledum in there. Right. And um, I, and to me, that's fascinating stuff. Like where you can take those cheesy seventies, eighties throwaway villains and actually put them to use. I mean, right. And but I, a lot and, of and what I, they were doing with it, though was you would have three pages in a row 
of Batman or Catwoman's fist or foot just punching well, someone in the face with the box that says, you know, Ten-Eyed Man. Well, in, in that episode, yes. Or in that issue, yes. Uh, but, like, in the Bane part of it, where he used them as a part of the plan. Right. He used them as ca- as cannon fodder, yes, but, like, you know... Yeah. It, it gave them an extra layer to their character besides a cheesy one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, I mean... There's not too much you can do with Condiment King. So, I mean, yes, one panel of Catwoman or Batman punch him in the face, I could get that. Because if you're going to start a story arc and tell me that Condiment King is like this masterful, evil genius now, you know, then I'm going to roll my eyes. But you could do it in a way where you don't quite know who a person is. And you see, you know, someone doing things, you're like, oh, I wonder, and then it turns into some weird, you know, D-list, 1960s obscure Batman villain. Right, true. You know, I mean, that's like your your current favorite right now. Mm-hmm. They, they've spent a lot of time giving him, you know, a background in origin stuff. And, yeah, you know, like, I'm not that interested in it, but I know you've gotten into it. But it, at the same time, if they can take a character like Kite Man and push him to the forefront, they can take Condiment King and do the same thing with him. Right. Well, that's like my uh, analogy like when we were talking before, offline, online, whatever, with um, what they did with Dr. Light and the event, right? Right. You know, he was a... BC class villain, you know, a throwaway, stupid character, basically, right? Yeah. And then they made him, and I see that, good, bad, ugly, I see that with Kite Man, and it makes it more interesting. I'm not saying that he's the greatest Batman villain of all time, I'm just saying I like how they put those extra layers with him, so you can see the different elements of him, I guess. Yeah. Of why he's never giving up, even though he gets his ass beat time and time again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I think with with Superman, you know, like you said, it, it started off so strong. And again, Superman was never my game, like my big interest. He mm-hmm. was always too squeaky clean, but then you add the Jonathan element. Mm-hmm. And it's way more interesting. Um. And, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think where, like, that book, again, yeah, it was like when the the creative shift happened that kind of went down. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's weird because now that, you know, we're a year in, you're getting a bunch of books that people are hopping off on mm-hmm. and you're getting new people in. Like with Wonder Woman, it started off with the two different storylines. Yeah. And the year one stuff was very interesting. The the present day stuff was kind of meh. But as it started, you know, as the two stories started coming together, Wonder Woman definitely picked up. But then it, like the end of the, the Rucka storyline was like, well, okay, just kind of, I don't really care. And then, you know, they're off the book and it, basically Wonder Woman is gone from being Wonder Woman to being like a ridiculous 
girly girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like that that one's definitely disinterested me. You know, which is a shame because I was you know, the new fifty two with all the new stuff that they started throwing in at the beginning there. Wonder Woman like really interested me for the first time. And then again they creative team hopped off and new people hopped on and changed everything and it was like you know completely wrecked it and they did the same thing with rebirth for me um another book that i think you agree with that's been spectacular throughout is red hood and the outlaws yep that's definitely another one that the two of us when we were talking about rebirth before the books happened we were just like wow this is probably gonna suck and damn that (laughs) proved us wrong yeah, yeah, because it was the same writer yeah. as New 52, right? Yeah, when when Red Hood and the Outlaws were like hanging out on an island making jokes. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you, but, it's, it says something for changing a cast of characters in the story that it's not, you know, him and Arsenal and Starfire. It's, you know, putting in Artemis and putting in Bizarro of all people. <laughs> Right. You know. Yeah. It's it's like one of those things, like I said, I don't know, maybe it's me older reading comics now, but like some of those, because I never really liked Bizarro, and even though he's had major story arcs right. in the past, like I always looked at him like a throwaway villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to like revise him and breathe fresh air into his character again was pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like like you said, he's another one that like some stories with him are really interesting and some stories, you know, like I, I, I like probably like what you said with as we're getting older reading comics, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not as into the ridiculous like slapstick comedy books. Right. Right. That, you know, 10 year old me would eat up. Right. So I've kind of lost interest in Bizarro over the years. But right. like this version where they've, you know, humanized him mm-hmm. and, you know, like every everything he does, you kind of feel for him. And it's definitely way more interesting. Yep. Um, do you have any any other books that are like big surprises for you? Good or bad? Yeah, either way. Um. I mean, Hal Jordan was pretty on par. Yeah. But I've never been, even though I I love Rob Venditti, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've never been an absolute favorite Green Lantern type guy. Right. So for me, not saying that the writing's bad or the art's bad or anything like that, but for, like for me, that book has just been middle of the road because I've never been in the mood. Just to get lost in that in that world. So it, and it's and there's never been a really bad issue. It's just it's just not your favorite. It, yeah, it's just not my favorite, right? I could see that. I mean, I I've always been a big Lanterns fan. Right. And, right. and the problem it, when they shifted to Rebirth and they basically dropped like in New Fifty Two, there were like seventy five Green Lantern books, and the problem with them was that there were so many characters like spread out in all the books 
but they always had storylines that were coming together. So it was constant crossover after crossover after crossover. Right. And it, and it became so much to, to track down and read Mm -hmm. that it really, I mean, it, it, not that it was bad in any way. A lot of it was really good, but it's just like, I don't want to have to read 18 comics every month, you know, or every two months to get a storyline. Right. And when they went and they said, look, we're going to have the Green Lanterns book, which is going to be, you know, Simon and Jessica on Earth. And we're going to have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, which is going to be everybody else. Mm -hmm. I was kind of nervous because it's like, how are you going to fit four different series worth of people into one book and still have it not feel crowded? And I think Benditti's done a great job. You know, I mean, each issue highlights... Each character, you know, each of the, I guess, the four main Earth Lanterns. Right. It it highlights them enough, but you never feel like one story, you know, or one part of the story is too shoved in your face. Right. That they, they yeah. do a great job spreading it all around. And, and I mean, like I said, the art's fantastic. The, that, that book is probably one of my favorites also, just, you know, because I've been a huge Lanterns fan. Yeah, and, agreed. And it's definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to see where it goes. And, you know, with Venditti, he's always planting little seeds that, you know, someone could make an offhand comment in issue two about something and it comes back in issue 47. And you're just like, wow, that was brilliantly played because I right. never would have expected any of this. But if you read back, it all, you know, everything points to it. Yep. And, you know, that, that I think is what has me most excited about that one. Yeah. You know, that you, one of these days I may go back. Not that I have any time, but I'm, <laughs> I got to sit in and read through some of it again. Right. <clears throat> Another p pleasant surprise, and I think you'll agree, is uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. Yeah, both Batgirl books. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I think that would be the ten-year-old us enjoying that that style. You know what? I I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. That it's definitely not a book that I would have gravitated to normally. Mm -hmm. And the art, it, it more so in Batgirl than in in The Birds of Prey. But it's like it's that comic booky art instead of how. You know, like a lot of Valiant books or, or other books start getting like into hyper-realism, you know, depending on the artist, where everything, where it looks like you're watching, you know, photographs in a way. Mm -hmm. But Batgirl still has that, you know, that animation, cartoony kind of look. And for some reason, it like really hits on that book. Like, yeah. I really, really enjoy it. Yep, agreed. So is there any other books that that stand out for you that we haven't really covered that stand out i don't know or like, or was complete misses i guess well i i think the one thing that's funny about rebirth is that you know probably four or five of my of my favorite books uh -huh. are are books that when they were announced i kind of groaned at okay you know like deathstroke and like red hood and like batgirl and you know, Superman, I'm just like, yeah, Superman's always Superman. But it, it really, 
it's re it's really impressed me that they've taken a lot of stuff that I never cared about and pushed it in a new direction that kind of brought me in. Right. Um, like, I'm not reading Justice League of America anymore, the Steve Orlando one. Okay. But the, the four one-shots that they did with Killer Frost and um, Vixen and I forget the other two books they put out. The Ray. Yeah, The Ray and Adam, right? Uh-huh. Those are those are characters I do not care about at all. I mean, like I, not at all. And those four one shots made me care about those characters. That I oh. I was very surprised. I have a sidebar on that too. Okay. Since we brought the Ray up, right? Okay. So they cast him for. Arrow, I think, right? Or Legends of Tomorrow. One of the DC shows. Right. Okay? And they're portraying him as a, a gay character? Now, was that something I missed? To be honest, I haven't seen any promos for the new shows yet. Okay. So I don't know. Well, I mean, in the... Is in something the, in the comic? Yeah. Because... Yeah. I, I I mean, I, I'm fine with it. What I, They can portray him however they want. I was just like, when I read the solicits or whatever for the upcoming season or whatever, and they said that they announced him, and it was like a prominently gay hero is coming to insert TV show he's going to be on here. And I, and then, so I was thinking somebody else, and then they said the Ray, and I was like, well, did I did that just like go over my head and I, I, I don't I'm, see it? or I'm pretty sure... In the Rebirth stuff, he is a gay character. Okay. But I I sort of stopped reading Justice League of America because, yeah, like I said, the, <laughs> originally the characters I didn't I didn't really care for them. The one shots I was very interested in, but when something about getting them all together and then throwing Lobo in the mix and even with Batman, I'm just like, meh. So I I kind of fell off. So I couldn't say for sure, but I I believe that he was gay in the comics. Okay. So it, I don't remember before that being... Okay. Yeah, that's I couldn't remember either. And and I didn't really get that impression like in the one shot that we got. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It's I mean, it's whatever. I mean, I, I only brought it up not to like cause controversy or whatever, but just seeing if somebody else missed it besides we're gonna, me. You we're know what get I mean? hate tweets. <laughs> No, it's just a simple question. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure he was gay in in the Justice League book, but I mean, they don't really explore a lot of that stuff in comic books. When right. you know Batman right. is punching people in the face and Black Canary is being annoying, right? Um, or, se or sexy in her fishnets, however yeah. you want to look at it, <laughs> whichever. Um. Is is there any book that you were really looking forward to that really let you down? Mm. I don't know if looking forward to and let me let me down. Right. But looking forward to and didn't live up to my expectations but was still okay, okay would be Nightwing. Oh, uh, okay. It got better as it went on. Like once he got to Bloodhaven, I right. think it really found its footing then. Yeah. 
and now that it's good and they're going to change writers on it, it might go back to the wayside again. That, I don't know. That's my fear. Um, I know we got a Twitter question asking if I was excited about Sam Humphreys taking over Nightwing because of my dislike of his writing on Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer is no. There's one person that I want. I, I like Tim Seeley, but if there's someone I could get on a Nightwing book all the time, it would be Kyle Higgins again. Because okay. I really enjoyed what he was doing with um, like the new 52 Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, he might be the one writing the the Nightwing New Order series? I don't remember. I, I haven't started that yet. I'm going to wait until it's all out before I read it. I haven't started it yet either. Um, But, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't need him every issue to be like, my parents died when I was young and I was taken in by <laughs> Batman. I grew up in on the streets of Gotham learning how to fight crime. I'm Nightwing. <laughs> every every single issue and i guarantee the first book starts like that i will i will wager real life dollars on this <laughs> but i i think what like what you said with with nightwing i think a lot of the problem at the start of the series was that they had to reconcile how he was at the end of new 52 when he was an agent of spiral and right. you know, and stuff like that. That he was Dick Grayson, not Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And once, once they kind of sorted that whole thing out, it definitely, definitely picked up. You know, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of middle of the road books for me. Yeah. That, you know, like I don't like them. I don't dislike them, but I'm not going to read them. You know, a lot like the cyborgs and Blue Beetle and and stuff like that. It's it's characters that I I've never been that into or interested in, unless you know it's like in a Teen Titans kind of thing with cyborg. But Booyah. like when shut up when he <laughs> um ever since cyborg kind of got pushed into the A list from like the B list of characters. Mm-hmm. It's never been the same for me. I I don't like Cyborg with the Justice League. You know, yeah, it right. he to me, he's always that you know high school football player with the Teen Titans. You know, like it doesn't. And I like that when he's with the Justice League, he makes not childish mistakes, but you can tell his maturity level isn't the same. But right. it's still, I just don't want him there. <laughs> Right. You know, there's like so many other people I would prefer on the team. Right. But you know, like the um it the just the solo series never kept my attention. <clears throat> um I I've been Trinity is a book that started off really strong. Mm-hmm. But I, I sort of lost interest when uh Manipole was off it. I guess after after the first arc when it and also the the team changed or the whatever. I just didn't care anymore. Yeah, I agree. I can I can see that. Um, Where it just falls off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've been pleasantly surprised with uh, Titans and Teen Titans. Okay. Um. You know, I mean, having two Wally Wests, I thought that it would be way more 
confusing and stupid, but I mean it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Sons has been a fun read. I'm trying to think yeah. if, there's, if there's anything else that's like really stands out to me. I don't think so. You know, I think I think we covered most of the really good stuff, and most of the stuff we're not that into. Yep, I agree. I, of course, there's other books, like side books that weren't Rebirth that came out that I thought were pretty amazing too. Yeah. Oh, are you still reading Hellblazer? Um, yes, but it's like bottom of my pile. Is it okay? Yeah, I kind of dropped off that one early on. Yeah, I I like it. It's kind of like it. It's one of those, I guess, that I should have mentioned that I was looking forward to. Right. Because I always like the character and found the character fascinating. Okay. But then, like after like the first arc or so, it just it was okay, but it wasn't great or terrible. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, oh, I remember the Batman books that I I really enjoyed was when it went back. I forget what issue, maybe around twenty three when it had the crossover with the flash and they were actually like doing stuff with the button that they found. Yes. Yes. That one I thought with him and his father mm -hmm. was really good. Yeah. And I, I had high hopes that this series would turn around from there, but then it went back into Batman sleeping with Catwoman on a rooftop and <laughs> proposing to her. I'm just like, wait, what? I'm just, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It just Batman. He shouldn't be happy. <laughs> That's well. I mean, he can he can pine for her all he wants and be like, I love her, but I know that I can't ever do anything because I'm Batman, and then leave it at that. Not actually. I mean, I I don't think they're ever going to actually get married. I think it's going to blow up spectacularly. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> but still. Um, too much <coughs> yeah I mean <laughs> um, do you have anything else before we hit up some twitter questions I do not let's hit up those twitter questions okay well we were asked about Sam Humphries on Nightwing and we kind of covered that mm -hmm. um, okay we have a question from Mr. Martin Ferretti okay who would win in a fight? Kite Man or Ten-Eyed Man? Kite Man. Hell yeah. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. What? Because, Why? Okay, because one, Kite Man can't fight for crap. Wasn't no, but he, can, he, he can sure take a punch. He can take a punch, but wasn't Ten-Eyed Man like a, like a Special Forces guy? I guess. Wasn't he? But... Like he had Special Forces training or something? Like he's a great fighter. Okay. He's got that weird ability where he can like see all your nerves and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like with with his see through his nerves. With his ten eyes. Yeah. Well, with his fingers. <laughs> I know. You know, so he can okay. never be snuck up upon, and he will just kick the crap out of Kai Man because Kai Man sucks. Well, if he hell yeah, such a good fighter, then how come he's a throwaway D character? I don't know. How come lots of people are throwaway D characters? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, 
I'm going to go with Kite Man. No. This is what would happen. Kite Man would walk over and be like, I'm Kite Man, hell yeah, and he would get immediately punched in the face and knocked off a roof, and he wouldn't be wearing a kite, and he would fall to his bloody death, and we can all rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. There Next is... question, then. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, why didn't we select a cool name like DC Central? <laughs> <laughs> because we're original. Ah, perfect. Good answer. Um, let's see. We did highlights and lowlights of Rebirth. Oh, oh, and also, so um, Paul can't say that he created this podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been going with, so we're alphabetically first when you okay. put a podcast on the Nerdy Legion website. NerdyLegion.com. <laughs> Um, last question. Thoughts on the latest issue of Action Comics? Have so, you ever went? I, I oh, haven't read the one that came out today. Right. So. Which um, I'm assuming this one is about the one that came out two weeks ago, right? Yeah, this is the one where they revealed Dr. Oz. Not mm -hmm. Dr. Oz. Mr. Oz. I, I will call him Dr. Oz because that's how shitty he is as a reveal. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so the whole Rebirth storyline, there's been, you know, this guy watching over everything, kind of pushing buttons and pulling strings and maneuvering stuff to accomplish something that we're not quite sure yet, and they finally revealed who it was, and I could not have been more let down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, you know, like when you were a kid and you were walking home from work or school and you had to walk through the bad part of the neighborhood. Right. And then there was like these homeless people and the trash cans were on fire. Okay. That's exactly <laughs> what this reveal is. <laughs> I, I think we have our episode title. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the build up was so hyped and i was looking so forward to it yeah i mean literally over a year of storytelling and then we get <laughs> that reveal yeah do you want to say who it is or should we just not tell people i don't it... Let's not say and let them be pissed off for themselves. Okay. I mean, well, the book came out as of when we are recording this two weeks ago. Yeah, but somebody get, some people get DCBS that's once a month or whatever, you know? Ah, uh, true. True. We'll hold off on spoiling it, I guess, this time. <laughs> but just know that I'm going to spoil it right now. And it is the, the <laughs> dumbest of all the people to bring back. Of all the people. I mean, you're hyping it up and you're you're plugging all this. Oh, the Watchmen are going to cross over maybe because you have the pin and you have, you know, this Oz that everybody thinks is Ozymandias. And then fucking Superman's fucking stupid ass dad comes in. And you're like, I didn't die on Krypton. Ha ha. Fuck you all. And there's our explicit tag. Yep. In so one stupid. sentence. So stupid. 
yeah. I mean, it could have been anybody. Anybody. I would have preferred Kite Man over this garbage. Whoa. Yeah. And, and see, you thought bringing him back Mr. Mitzelplick or whatever yeah. was garbage. Yeah. As soon as I read the reveal, I was like, oh, yeah. Aaron just threw down this tablet. Yeah. Well, at <laughs> least at least it's a good thing because of apparently the the lenticular cover uh-huh spoiled the reveal. Oh, really? I I didn't see it, but uh my friend messages me during the day. He goes, "Hey, have you read Action yet?" And luckily I had. He goes, mm-hmm. "Um the reveal was terrible and also the reveal happened on the cover." <laughs> I was oh. like, "Wow, <laughs> that sucks." Yeah, that that sucks. Yeah, like he he got it from there, and he's like, "That's sort of a." Is that your con, buddy? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys are gearing up for that, right? Yeah, New York Comic Con next week, and there should be whole mess of whole mess of DC announcements. Mm Mm-hmm. Should be fun. Isn't there a DC animated preview thing? Yeah, I forget which movie's coming out. I, I for some reason I thought I saw somewhere that it was Batman and Two Face, but I I don't remember. It might just be Gotham by Gaslight, which would be fantastic. Yeah. That I I put my name into a lottery for early, you know, early admission to that panel. Oh, that'd you know? be cool. Yeah, it's Sunday morning first thing, so I mean we can always just go, and instead of lining up for the queue, we can line up for the panel and hope we get in. Yeah. Which we may do. So. Cool deal. Yeah. Yeah, the the even if it, I mean I, that's the premiere of whatever the movie is. The for years past, mm-hmm. we've done all the DC animation panels with right. um Andrea Romano and uh oh, Bruce Tim from, and, and like all of them. From um uh what what is Andrea's podcast called? Oh, does she have a podcast? I didn't even realize that. Yes. Yes, it's a uh, where because she, she, she's the psychoanalysis, right? No, 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 no. She she's like the person who handles all the voice talents. Like she's the who casting director. What well, Andrea am I thinking of then? Andrea Sorrentino, the artist that did no Arrow. No. I don't know. <sighs> Damn it! It's oh <laughs> Arkham Sessions, where she's the where she's the um. The shrink, and they go over every animated Batman animated series. Does she do stuff? What do you mean? Is that is that her? Uh, it's the Andrea. Oh, when okay. you said that, when you said that, that's who I thought of. No, because she she does like all the casting and the the voice direction stuff. Well, now I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I, I mean, it might be the same person. I have honestly, I have no idea. But yeah, but the the panels are always fascinating, and usually, you know, they'll have a bunch of the people come out, and it's great seeing Kevin Conroy hang out on stage saying lines from Batman. Hashtag Kevin Conroy is my Batman. Doctor Andrea Letamendi. Then that is not the same person. Okay. <laughs> See, you sent Andrea, and that's where I went to. Oh, okay. Because it's DC DC panel, you know, because I know that they have done. Um, panels with like Bruce Tim and yeah and, and Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and stuff so yeah okay. if, if they 
if they do a question and answer with Bruce Tim, I want to ask him why every one of the movies is like hypersexualized now. <laughs> you know, like the Batman Harley right. Quinn like served zero point. The the stuff they added into Killing Joke served zero point. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So eh, whatever. Maybe it's just my kids are too young to watch them, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, some of them are pretty amazing, but of course, all my kids are older too. So yeah, but it, honestly, it seems like the last couple of years, all yes. of the stuff, it's like way more violent than it was. Yes, there there have been a few. I mean, like I don't care if my kids hear curse words, but right? Like the the language gets harsher. You know, it's not. Oh, I'm gonna run home from school and on you know the WB watch the Batman animated series and. Oh my goodness! There, there's a new movie. I have to get, you know, whatever it is, you know, under the Red Hood or, you know, Justice League Doom or something like that. You know, it's all like way more crazy. But whatever, times are changing. <laughs> get off my lawn! Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, you got anything else? Uh, nope. I, I do have one question for you, though, Uh-oh. which you might have already covered, though. So since New York is next weekend. Yes. DC related. Uh-oh. What's what's the one thing that you're looking forward to there? You know what? I really don't know. It It would probably be if I could get into the premiere of the new animated movie. Okay. Because I've always really enjoyed that. And a lot of the... A lot of the new information panels that they do, it's like they never quite give as much info as you think they're going to. More stuff is sort of hinted at than anything else. And then you have to wait until you read all the articles that come out afterwards to tell you what happened to be like, oh, that's what they were talking about. So, yeah, like, I mean, I don't think I'm really into too many... too many of that stuff okay but yeah i mean it's always fun to see i mean i don't even know maybe they'll have the justice league costumes out because the last few years they've done for like the 75th anniversaries right of a bunch of the heroes right on like not the main concourse but like off on the side there's a huge area that dc just kind of takes over and there was you know one year had every single batman costume used from the movies and like a bunch of the equipment, you know, like the, the weapons and stuff that they used. Another year was Superman. They had, you know, and stuff like that is like really cool to see, mm-hmm. especially because they, you know, like with the Superman stuff, they went all the way back to, what was it George Reeves? Right. Back in the forties or whenever those were. So, I mean, it was from that all the way up through Henry Cavill and Man of Steel. Oh Yeah. So it was kind of cool to see how everything kind of progressed and and whatnot. But yeah, like I don't know, I don't know. It's probably probably the animation stuff. Okay. Well, I didn't know if there was like a. I mean, I know you're mostly all digital, anyways. So yeah. I didn't know if there was like a creator or artist that that um, was on your hit list or commission list or whatever. Not not this year. I got I had Joe Eisma do a Nightwing cover on a on a Grayson sketch cover for me last year. That's cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um 
and that came about because he was talking about how much he loves Teen Titans. Right. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm just going to have you do my Grayson cover. That just makes total sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have the Lemire run on Green Arrow that I really like. I've got the nice hardcover of it, but the last four years, I don't remember when the Valiant came out three years ago. That, that year, yeah, yeah. that was the last time that he has been at New York Comic Con. So, like, I, I don't you. even bother bringing it to get it signed and maybe <laughs> have him do a sketch. Um, yeah, but there's, to be honest, this year I'm not really going commission heavy. Okay. Maybe, I mean, if something comes up, I might get Brent Peoples. Oh, yeah. Who's there on you go. Um, New Superman now? Yeah. I might have him do something. But that's about it. Tell him that you hate the book but love the art. Yeah, well, he's a good guy, so I could probably <laughs> say that too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read this garbage, but your art is spectacular. <laughs> I, I flip through it and don't read the words. Um, yeah, but I think I think that's all for me. That's it for me. <laughs> but if, um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you could tweet me directly at Aaron S. Bell. And I'm on the Twitter machine at Rombar316. And you can tweet the show directly at DC underscore Absolute. And also you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably already found us <laughs> somewhere where the podcast is. Or sure. nerdylegion.com, right? That's the address? Yep. Cool. So uh, until next time, I guess. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Ronnie Barron. Faster than an airplane. More powerful than a locomotive. Impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's... Ronnie Barron. And now, Ronnie Barron. A being no larger than an ordinary man but possessed of powers and abilities never before realized on Earth. Able to leap into the air an eighth of a mile at a single bound. Hurdle a 20-story building with ease. Race a high-powered bullet to its target. Lift tremendous weights and rend solid steel in his bare hands as though it were paper. Ronnie Barron! A strange visitor from a distant planet. Champion of the oppressed. Physical marvel extraordinary who has sworn to devote his existence on Earth to helping those in need. Hell yeah. Don't miss the next installment of DC Absolute. Hell yeah. That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom. Nerdy Legion. NerdyLegion.com. Um, I I do want to give one quick shout out and a thank you to the greatest podcast producer there is. Hell yeah. For creating the our opening theme and doing other awesome stuff to the shows. Mm -hmm. I, I figure I would give him some credit and maybe he won't edit this part out, but I'm we'll sure say, he probably will. <laughs> you never know.